people have you slept with? Some people keep a organized spreadsheet of every single person they've hooked up with. Some people have more of an estimate or a ballpark number. And some people like me have a kind of a different list, one with categories of different types of pleasure and one that isn't referenced very often. Why is that? Well, after a range of experiences and a lot of soul searching, I have a pretty broad and flexible definition of sex, but it's my definition. This episode is about the rules that we keep about sex and why everybody should have their own definition of what counts and what doesn't. I'm sure most of you have upheld some of these rules, whether subconsciously or not, and I'm also going to be talking about this infamous idea of the body count. This episode also has a more broad audience in mind than my work typically does. And a lot of the answers from the questions I posed in today's episode came from the men in my life. A lot of my guy friends pitched in for this and I really appreciate it. So I know my audience is typically very not male-centric, I will say that, but share this with a guy that you care about. I'm Birna, and I take on topics at the intersection of health, culture, and sexuality. In my work, I tackle issues that affect our intimate lives, ranging from health-related to the raunchy. For this episode, I'm exploring what counts as sex and what's the deal with the body count. This is Beyond the Bedroom. So, a few weeks ago, I asked my Instagram followers, my lovely audience, how do you define sex? And what I was going for was what counts for you? How do you define it? And what doesn't count? But the answers I got ranged so much. Some were really poetic and emotional, and some were very clear-cut and biological and binary. And uh, while a lot of them were specific, most of them had so much gray area. Most people's answer included some form of the word intimacy. Most of them said it's an intimacy you can't recreate anywhere else, or being physically intimate with someone or someone's genitals. But my first two answers came in and it made me a little nervous because the first answer I got was, it's defined by whatever we want to do, not just penetration. And the second answer I got was, how is anything without penetration even sex? We were off to a great start. (laughs) I was like, oh God, I'm going to create a war. And the podcast episode I'm making about this is going to get a strong reaction. But that's a rule so many of us keep about sex. Just the idea that penetration is the pinnacle of sex. And without it, it doesn't count as sex. And here's the thing. I'm not going to define what sex is or isn't for anybody except myself. And let me let you in on a little secret about what my job is. I want people to figure it out for themselves and then feel empowered by their definition. Sex doesn't have to mean penetration. 
Sex can involve bodies, mouths, hands, etc. without any penetration. But some people prefer to define sex as when they're being penetrated or when they're penetrating. If I say penetrating again, I'm going to lose my mind. I had a friend in my DMs say that the idea of sex without penetration goes over my head. And I said, well, your definition can be sex equals penetration. But you can also acknowledge that someone else's definition might be broader or different. And she goes, it feels like slapping a Sprite label on a Coke and calling it Sprite. It's still Coke. And I said, sure, but they're both soda. And bear with me with this metaphor, y'all, because (laughs) it's a little out there. But soda is a sexual activity right? So Coke could be penetration, Sprite could be oral. They're both soda, meaning they're both sexual activity. Some people count all soda as sex and some people don't. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's all sexual activity, meaning it could all be sex. And sex is defined pretty differently depending on which dictionary you choose. Sometimes it refers to any sexual activity, and sometimes it refers to sexual activities specifically intercourse. But I haven't found anywhere where it says only intercourse or penetration. And dictionaries do change with time. Definitions of behaviors are gray areas. Because we are, after all, not robots. I think that (laughs) despite our messy soda metaphor, they started to open their minds a little bit. While she could definitely have that definition of sex for herself, and I have a different one for myself, what about if me and her hooked up? What would count as sex and what wasn't? So I had that come up. (laughs) A guy friend of mine said, well, when do you consider it an addition to the body count? It made me wonder, If the body count makes a difference, if everyone has a different definition of what it means, does satisfaction play a role here? Because I've definitely had a few times that I forget about because they were just that bad. Shout out to high school. (laughs) Definitely want to forget some backseat moments. I also want to clear up that the body count is not the amount of murders that you performed recently, but it is a slang term for the amount of people that you've had sex with. I'm sorry to disappoint my true crime podcast lovers. You're on the wrong one. So my friend messaged me saying that he hooked up with a girl and since they were both a bit drunk, he couldn't really perform. I was assuming that he meant um, couldn't get it out because I'm assuming that his definition of sex is penetration. So um, he wanted to see if it counted. He said, where it gets fuzzy for me is what if we have different stories? And I told him that the body count is really individual and it's pretty interesting to note what we consider legit or not. Some people only count penetrative sex and others don't even do any penetration when they have sex. So it's really up to the person. After some talking, I told him, If you have different stories, try asking them what they feel happened that night so you can be on the same page. He wasn't super keen on 
having this conversation. And while I said, you know, if there's a pregnancy or STI issue, you definitely need to talk about it. But I also said, if no one else found out about this encounter, would it really matter as much whether it counted or not? And if that's a no, you can still decide for yourself. Because I have two mental lists going, to be honest. The times that I count as sex, and the times I don't really count it, but it was physically intimate, like making out for a long time or doing lots of hand stuff. I mean, some of it goes into the sex territory for me and some of it didn't. And I think for me, it's just intimacy or how much of myself was I giving versus how much of the other person. There's a lot of factors that go into it for me, but I don't really keep a running count anyway. And he was like, fair point. If no one knows, literally, who cares? This is pretty crazy for me to hear from a guy because I was thinking a lot of men are judged on their so-called body count. So they're, they're very hyper aware of their running list. And some guys just kind of have this ballpark number, but they add a couple to it. And it is a personal choice whether you want to keep that perfect spreadsheet or you have an estimate. But I think that we tend to overanalyze if things count instead of focusing on like, did I enjoy myself? So I had another perspective on the body count from a wonderful guy friend of mine. And he put it this way. In his teenage years, the body count was about bragging. In his 20s, it was a competition. In his 30s, It was all about the hard-to-get conquests. And now, in his 40s, he's still learning. And as he put it, it's to be announced. I love when people can admit that they're learning about something because I think that a lot of us are products of our environment when it comes to sexism and this idea of purity and the idea of power and control for men in sexuality. And I love that he told me this and it was not in a negative self-talk kind of way, but like, this is what I used to do. This is a lot of us do this and I'm learning now. I know a few guy friends who have changed their perspective on the body count as they realize the double standard. And in the queer community, most of us already know this. And for most women, they know this. And for people of whatever gender identity. If you were raised feminine in particular, you have some concept of this, I'm sure, that women in society get called sluts and men get called legends for the same number. But here's a flip side that we don't talk about as often. Women get called either pure Or they get called prude, depending on the context in which this number comes up. So if they have slept with no one or one person or whatever low number, that could be five for someone, or it could be whatever low number someone considers. You're either pure or it's you're a prude, depending on if they're using that number to weaponize that person or not. And then men 
can get called losers. And the idea of a virgin is very negative in that context versus it's almost always a positive thing for women. And obviously this varies depending on what culture you're from. And in my case, this is the culture of the United States and in particular, a very conservative pocket of the United States. So in other cultures, like in Iceland, it's not as heavy. It's still there, but it's not as intense. That being said, there is slut shaming that happens here, but there's more of that echo backlash voice that's strong against it that is in the media. And there's also this idea that a guy who hasn't had their sexual debut yet, because I hate the term virgin, is called gay or they're confused or they are a freak or whatever. And it's also putting a lot of pressure on people that actually might be closeted or they are comfortable being straight, but although they might respect gay people, it's like, it's not really anyone's business. If that person's not sleeping with anybody, why are you assigning sexuality to them? And I know like a lot of my guy friends that weren't having sex because they were asexual, got called gay, and they were like, oh, well, I wouldn't mind that, except I'm not, and I'm not straight either. I'm just kind of nothing. People were really confused by that. And for one of my friends who's asexual, his definition of sex is very clear because he wants to avoid it. So I think that the idea that there's this double standard and the sexism is changing, but there are those deeper cuts to it. So what does this mean for the queer community? And what ways have we taken on these roles? For example, like who is the initiator? And who is the receiver? And in what ways do the body count change in connotation for, for those people? And the, the concept of initiator or the concept of top and bottom, it's interesting because there's some people that are like, oh, this is really heteronormative. And then there's some people that are like, no, this is inherently queer. So I'm not touching on those topics today, but I want you to wonder why is it that someone who has a high body count as a bottom is perceived differently as someone who has a high body count as a top? And what are those connotations? There's also that idea of like the gold star lesbian, which can be really harmful. And then on the other side, queer people who are constantly invalidated because their definition of sex isn't considered legit. And this can be an internalized message. I mean, I know I've had people say to me, oh, but you and your girlfriend aren't really having sex because we weren't like using a strap on. We're definitely having sex and it's not any of your business anyway. But how, why, like, why do you need to make a judgment about it? But also, why is it that my definition of sex can't be different than yours? Both are valid. It's all sex. So the rules that have been set up really bleed into this body count thing because it's like, well, uh, if I count only people I've been physically intimate with, maybe my body count's a lot higher. If I count people who have made me orgasm, my body count's lower. And that idea of this rule that sex is giving each other orgasms we're given these messages about you're responsible for your own orgasm. And at the same time, you have to give someone an orgasm. 
And hello, I wish it was that easy. I wish you could just wrap something up as a present and give it to them as a gift. Well, I mean, maybe if you're giving someone a, a wand as a present, right? But we don't have to be so goal-oriented in sex. So the rule that sex is giving each other orgasms, we can rewrite that. Sex is maybe helping each other achieve orgasm, helping each other get there, because it's not a one-way thing. It's a two-way street, right? We can also just take the pressure off of orgasms altogether and focus on pleasure. And it sounds counterintuitive, I know. But this often perpetuates the idea that sex ends when a guy comes. This is true for a lot of straight couples, I know. And this leads to two things. You're unsatisfied at the end. Someone wants more physical intimacy and orgasm, just more pleasure of any kind. And the other person's like, oh, but it's over. Or this rush to make someone orgasm first before the other person. So a lot of men tell me that they get turned on or can finally focus after they've made their partner orgasm. And I was at a lecture recently where the presenter told us that he asks men in his office, are you really turned on or are you just relieved? Don't get me wrong. People can be super turned on seeing their partner orgasm. But the idea that it has to get out of the way in order for other things to start or, okay, well, now that's out of the way. So now we can really have sex can be limiting. And it makes sex fall into this routine instead of being about exploration and play. So what would sex look like if orgasm was off the table for a bit? What would your definition of sex be then? This other rule that I come across a lot is the idea that guys want sex 24-7 or this idea that guys will think with their dicks. And it bleeds into other identities. It creates a lot of internalized misogyny, especially for a lot of people in the queer community. And obviously we have work to do, but this idea that straight men in particular only think with their dicks when making sexual choices is harmful, but not for the obvious reasons. The obvious reasons are that Men can say no, and there's nothing wrong with anyone who says no to sex or doesn't feel like sex. Men can get coerced, etc. But the less obvious reasons are they tend to get off the hook for things like assault or cheating or even sending dick pics. The idea that since men think with their dicks or are constantly ready for sex, that they are inherently predators. So then they get off the hook for those things. And then this idea that women have to act a certain way to rein in their man or keep their man, which I hear all the time, that they either have to be sexy all the time or else who's going to get somewhere else. Or on the flip side, that she has to be pure, basically like angelic, or he's going to be turned away from her and uh, the blame is always on her, basically, you know. So... This idea that men are 
predatory also bleeds into like this idea that gay men are always predatory because if men are always down for sex and the men that sleep with men, then it must be like this just sex fest all the time. And while yes, any person can be predatory and we should be able to hold people accountable and not stereotype at the same time, the patriarchal ideals of this definitely uphold the idea that it's a free pass or it's just what men do, which it's a choice. Violence is always a choice. If you're in sound mind, violence is always a choice. This idea that men being deemed sexual 24-7 leads to entitlement too. And I've had a guy friend of mine say, I can't believe that I thought I was entitled to a woman's body before. And if anyone ever did that to me, I would be so disgusted. And the way he got to this conclusion was just realizing that he didn't value women as much as he thought he did because he was basing everything off of how attractive they were. It's a horrible thing, but he realized this relatively young. He was in high school when he told me this. And it's placing their worth in the amount of sexual partners they had. And like my friend stated, it becomes conquests. I hit that kind of mentality. There's also a rule that any intimacy, physical touch, or expressions of love or closeness all have to include or lead to sex. And this is true for pretty much anyone, but I feel like the people who come to me the most with this issue are men, specifically straight men. And how many of us think that we're craving sex when in reality we're craving intimate or nurturing touch? And touch and intimacy is not wasted if it doesn't lead to sex, and in particular, penetrative sex. What kind of touch would you engage in if sex was off the table? So why is it so important to define sex on your own terms? People with any type of like reproductive illness or, or issue like endometriosis or vaginismus, people with an illness or injury or disability, or even pregnancy, need to have a, their own definition because it can really make or break your relationship and your access to your intimate needs. So I want to give you some examples. What counts and what doesn't for you? Using pleasure devices together, watching each other orgasm, but not touching. Does that count as sex? What if you were doing that same thing while you were spooning? Does that count as sex? What if you were kissing? Does it count now? Oral when you're the giver, does it count? Versus the receiver. Does it change for you? What about if it's mutual? So of all of the answers I got on Instagram, the one thing that stuck out to me the most was the idea of equating sex with physical intimacy. And I love pushing people to be more specific because I've had one night stands that were way more intimate than with someone I was with for weeks. And it changes each time I have sex too. I mean, Sometimes you're just way more passionate and intimate, and sometimes you just kind of want to get off. And both are fine. They're valid. And both are sex. 
If you want to reflect on this some more, head to my website. It's birna.net slash podcast to download your free journal PDF. There's one for episode one as well. So get on that. And I love when you tag me in your thoughts or reflections on Instagram. I want to know what counts as sex for you. And I think I might record a part two of more of these rules because it's just so interesting to see what people's reactions are to, oh, well, if penetrative sex isn't the pinnacle of all sex, then maybe I have some more room to explore. Or, well, if we stop making our sex so goal-oriented, maybe we'll try that new thing I want to do. I mean, there's just so much to go through. The idea that physical touch doesn't always have to lead to sex can really help people create intimate bonds with each other. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to support me more, you can follow me on Instagram and check out some of the links on my website, which is in the description for this podcast episode. Sending all of my love all the way from Iceland. Thank you.